0: Another week, another loss to break down. Where did the Giants go wrong? Well, it starts with the offense and then some. Joining me to break it all down, David Turner, coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day, Patricia Traina here with you. And um, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch if you're watching us on YouTube. And again, thank you to everybody who helped push the show over a thousand subscribers really appreciate the support. And uh, it is Monday. And as per usual, I feel like we do this every Monday now. We are talking about a New York Giants loss. 21 to 6 to the Dallas Cowboys, second out of second time in the last three weeks, the Giants have not been able to score uh, touchdowns. It just seems like rinse and repeat for this team. And as always, David Turner, president of Mav Sports Consulting, uh, former NFL scout, GM personnel guy. He is going to help us, I hope, try to make sense of all this because I don't even know if David can figure out some of this stuff as good as he is. So first off, David, thank you as always for joining us. Hope you are doing well. Where do we start with this team?
1: Well, let's start on a positive. The defense played really well today. The defense played really well today. Now, I don't like the way, you know, early they allowed some um, some long drives, as I always complain about, right, when I come on here. You know, I always complain about the long drives, and I know they had, I want to say, here's a drive chart. So early, the very first drive was 10 plays. The third and fourth drives for Dallas were uh, another 10 and then 16 plays. But in the second half, the drives uh, seven through eleven much better. They were five, four, one, and then there was only one eight-play drive that I think ended in an interception. Um, so and then a two-play drive. So again, much better second half for this defense. I thought. I thought you're, and again, I'm very excited. If anybody read my article that I you put out for me about the defensive front, I mean the young players came to play. Right, um, Ojolari. Carter, uh Roche, right? They all came to play. Leonard Williams had a strong Danny Shelton had a strong game. That front had a pretty strong game for what, you know, what they were dealt because the offense just gave them no support whatsoever. They they had a str- they struggled to stay on the field uh most of the game. So, I mean, you know, I, I liked what I saw out of the defense. They gave up 125 yards rushing. I get it. Pollard had 74 and Elliott had 52, but again, they were on the field a lot because, you know, all in all, I think the giants had um, 10 drives, but as far as like time of possession, they did not keep the ball that long. And in the second half, I mean, they really didn't keep the ball much. They had a five play, five play, two play, six play drive. First half, they had a three and a four play drive a six play drive to start they only had one double digit drive, I think, and that was the 11 play drive. No, they had two 11 play drive and a 12 play drive. So, you know, it was just, a, it, 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 it's hard when you're the defense and they're playing so well, and then the offense just isn't giving you anything, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of that defense, they were missing a lot of players in the defensive secondary. So they had to play a lot more base this week. Than they have maybe in recent weeks, you know, and still, you know, you look at the scoring. Um, let me see. I think they just, okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So Elliot had a touchdown run 13 yards and then they didn't have another touchdown um, until the third quarter. Dalton Schultz, a one year, one yard, excuse me, a touchdown pass. Otherwise the defense did a good job of holding the Cowboys to field goals.
1: Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like the defense held strong. I mean, I don't like giving up the long play drives. You guys hear me every week I'm on here saying that. In the end, they played really well, too. and I think playing the base defense is I've been calling for, what I've been saying, blitz a little bit, play zero coverage, it worked out well. I mean, there's one play that Dallas has been running. I watch a lot of Dallas's games just because they're on out here on the West Coast, you know. And They run this one play where it's like a screen pass to Elliott out in the flat, and they're always getting two, three yards. The Giants sniffed it out because they were rolled up in coverage, and they were able to blow that play up, and it was like a great, you know, just effort. You know, the defense showed great effort today. They showed heart and pride. I wish Bradbury on that one he jumped would have intercepted that ball when he ran that slant for uh, for Cooper, you know, because I thought that would have been a really good, you know, momentum changer. But even when we did get turnovers, the offense just did nothing with it. And I'm sure we'll get into shredding all this, the play calling and things that happened there. But I just want to start the show on a positive note that I really felt the defense today played well. They put the posi- I mean, even late in the game that the offense had an opportunity to score a, a you know, trash time touchdown there at the end of the game and they couldn't pull it off, Um, which is just like, come on, man. I mean, that was a trash time touchdown. Like get it done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get to the offense for sure. But you know, I want to stick with the defense because uh, a guy who has basically been invisible all year and he had probably his best game ever as a giant player, Lorenzo Carter had a huge game. I mean, he was just all over the place making plays i think he had two of the team's three sacks um you mentioned leonard williams who valiantly played through that that t- triceps injury that couldn't have been in, uh, easy to do <clears throat> excuse me um austin johnson played through a a uh, sprained foot um yeah and then you know i'm looking at at, at the defensive tackles here um it looks like tay crowder was the leading uh, tackler with 12 Then you had Logan Ryan and Julian Love, the two safeties, each had 10. And Jaron Williams, the cornerback who filled in for Adoree Jackson slash Aaron Robinson, had five. But um, a little bit more active up front in the front seven, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, yeah. Danny Shelton had three tackles. Lawrence had three tackles um like i said roche's got three tackles i mean you see there wasn't like one off here one off there they all pitched in with multiple tackles today and that's what you want to see you don't want to just i mean it's it's incredible to see a guy like crowder you know he's coming in he's got 12 tackles right and love and ryan got 10 but when you see the front right the guys with the hands in the dirt all sharing you know tackles like this they're all working together they're all working hard and it's like I said, I really enjoyed watching the Giants' defensive front again today. I thought they they struggled still, as we've been talking about on the outside zone runs, like when Pollard was ripping off runs on the outside. Because to me, that's still more of the safeties not coming up and run fits. But as far as the front goes, um, especially the pass rush today, like you said, Carter had one sack on the year. I think he only had one sack all last year, and today he came up with two sacks. Um, you know, it was great. Roche and uh, Ojulari had that big sack early in the game, where they combined for that sack uh, when the or uh, the Cowboys were down in the red zone going into score, right? So, and they pushed them back to make a long field goal for it. So again, I, again, the kids were the, those guys were out there. They looked like they were having fun. They looked like they are doing their job, but they just weren't getting the support from the rest of the team.
0: Right. And just a few uh, straggling type of uh, stats here. They had seven quarterback hits against that Cowboys offensive line, still a pretty good offensive line, even though they were missing Tyron Smith, Uh, four passes, pass breakups, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, compared to, you know, I guess, recent weeks overall, not too bad. It's, It's amazing how, you know, Necessity, what do they say about necessity being the mother of invention and you know, <laughs> here the Giants were with with half their defensive secondary missing and they were in the base and lo and behold, they, they turned in a pretty, you know, not a perfect um, performance, but a decent one to get the job done to, and, and to basically, you know, you would think holding a team to 21 and the Cowboys had come in. I think they were averaging something like 28 or 29 points a game. So it was a winnable game, but you know, the offense, which we're going to talk about next. Um whew, you know, but uh anyway.
1: Well again, defense today. You get the kudos bar. And and it, and I, and what I like is that it was like you said, base defense, mixed in some blitz, like the one that Roche and um and Ojolari shared that sack. They mugged a gap, right? So they weren't sure where they were coming from, then they brought the outside pressure. And the Dallas line pinched in. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I'm talking about, Graham. Like, confuse them, but bring the pressure, right? Bring five. And that's what they did. They dropped the guys out of A, A gap, all three defensive linemen pinched in. So the offensive linemen all pinched. And then the two outside rushers were free free runners. And I'm like, that's perfect. And then you know, you had everybody rolled up in press coverage to make sure that the ball couldn't get out quick. And you bet that your young pass rushers were gonna get there before you know, Dak could recognize it and get the ball out. So, again, I, I I love it. I love playing better because they have good pass rushers. They have good offensive line or defensive line. You don't have to get creative. You don't have to go into the, the lab and come out with, you know, so you just line up and play some football. And that was great today. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it was fun to watch them. But And they battled for four quarters. You know, they battled for four quarters. Um, like you were saying, you know, Dallas's. you know, they had what? One, two, three, four field goals today or three field goals and two uh, touchdowns, three three, three, field goals. three field goals and two touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. I mean, holding a Dallas offense that had all their weapons, it was the first time or was the fourth game <clears throat> that they had all their re- weapons really available to them. The only piece of that offense that was missing was the left tackle. So that's a high powered offense and to hold them to 21 points. That's a job well done you know that really is putting your position from a defensive standpoint to win the game because if your offense can't put up 24 points and win the game that's on them you guys held that that offense like you said that's been averaging 28 points a game or so into a 21 point game you did a they did a really nice
0: job today all right giant fans we have more coming up on today's show but first you listen to podcasts like the locked on giants podcast for the power of knowledge. So why not switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money? Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone and three unlimited data lines for $30 a month per line, which includes access to America's largest 5G network, the fastest network available. With all that money you'll save, just think of all the knowledge that you'll gain and how powerful you will become. Find out today. Switch to Boost Mobile and for a limited time only, you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone when you switch to the America's largest 5G network. Visit BoostMobile.com to find out how you can start saving. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's BoostMobile.com. Let's rip apart the offense. And, <laughs> I, and I do mean rip apart. <laughs> we got to start with the play callings. I mean... To me, just watching that offense time and time again, no rhyme or reason. I mean, that fourth down call deep in their own territory where they ran Mike Lennon up the gut when they have Saquon Barkley and Devonta Booker, especially Booker, who's running really well. Would you explain that to me? <laughs> or Penny, yeah. Just, just explain that to me. I mean, to Penny's me. what,
1: 235,
0: 240 pounds? And, and, and they sent a skinny... Six foot seven, Mike Lennon up the middle. Who, by the way, if God forbid he had gotten jammed in the neck, they'd be down to one quarterback. So uh, please explain to me what the thinking was there because I don't get it.
1: Again, I can not explain something to you. I don't understand myself, being honest with you. I, I mean, here's the thing: there was a there's a play, oh maybe five or six plays before that or something. They run in three running backs and then they spread them out and they throw the ball. And I'm like, wait a minute, you just put three backs into the pattern when you have everybody but Ross and Tony? Like, you have Shepard, you have Slayton, you have uh, Galladay, you had Ingram, you have Rudolph. Like, you got five guys that can go out there and run routes, and you're running – you you got Barkley spread out and Booker spread out? Like, what are you trying to do here? Like (laughs) – I mean, again, where we just gave kudo bars to the defense or just, you know what, we're going to line up, play base, and we're going to go there. We're just going to go there, right? This offense is doing things, that, and they're running players on late. Like, there was a couple times when players weren't coming in until, like, 20 on the play clock. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why is it taking you so long to know what personnel group you want on the field? Like, I get calling the play late, but know what personnel group you want on the field based on down and distance. But, again, this is Freddie, and this is what I'm talking about. And when before he started calling plays, what I tell you? I'm not a Freddie Kitchens fan, and this is why. Because he makes his mind up late because he's play calling. He's not play building. He's not coordinating this offense to A to B will equal C and maybe D and F down the line, right? He's just like, oh, this play looks good. Let's run this one. And, oh, that well, let's do that out of this. Oh, we'll do that with this, this personnel group. And it makes no sense. And again, today, we I didn't notice really receivers getting targeted until Fromm came in the game. Yeah, And, you know, true. maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe I'm right. wrong.
0: <laughs> but- I mean, I, I, I put out a tweet. I forget exactly when it was. I think it was in the third quarter. I think the Giants had targeted their receivers, I want to say, four times. And only Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson, mind you, had a reception. And I'm sitting there going, okay, no catches for for Galladay, nothing for Shepard, nothing for Slayton. And I was sitting there going, how can this be? If your receiver core is allegedly your strength of your offense, how are you not finding ways to get these guys the ball? I mean, they were throwing like crazy to Booker and to, to Barkley and to, you know, Ingram, I led the team with with um, five targets. Barkley had eight Um you know, uh, let me see, Booker had two, Rudolph just had the one. And then, like you said, the receivers didn't didn't see a lot of targets until garbage time. You know, then Galladay went, you know, had seven, only caught three. Slayton had three, caught two. Shepard had six, caught two. I mean, I just didn't understand, you know, was it the play calling? Was it that, you know, the receivers weren't getting open? Was it just Glennon just doesn't have a clue? I mean, maybe it's all the above. I don't know.
1: I heard a stat when I was listening to it today. I want to say the Giants have like 30 drops.
0: Yes, I, I remember that stat.
1: Okay. And then today I, I counted at least four that yes. hit receivers As in hands. Mm-hmm. It, it, at least four, might have been five. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> in those senses, quarterbacks lose confidence in receivers when they're dropping balls, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, the quarterback has it. it In that sense, quarterbacks have to be punchers, okay? You got to keep throwing punches and then trying to land. You can't Mm -hmm. worry about if you miss this punch or miss that punch. You got to just be a puncher. You got to just keep throwing. You know, Drew Brees missed a ton of passes in his day. He never stopped trying to go to him. He would just keep going, making the receivers work their way out of it. You know what I mean? Just keep going to him, keep going to him, keep going to him. You spend all this money on Galladay and Shepard. And you got Slayton and Ingram and, like I said, Rudolph. I I don't know, but off the top of my head, I want to say Rudolph's like a 93% catcher right now on balls and opportunities gone his way. Yeah,
0: it's I, a high. It's a high one.
1: It's high. Yeah. And yet they they can't keep going to this guy. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it either because he's – and I'm not saying ride him all the way, but to have one target and one catch in this game – and last week he had a target, he had two target or three targets, two catches, and one of them he broke for what 45 yards or whatever it was the longest play from scrimmage, right? And it was his longest catch in his career. So mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the guy's in good shape and he's ready to play. Like, like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's use him. Ingram, you targeted him five times and he caught four. So your tight ends you targeted six times and they caught five, <laughs> but we that's all we're gonna give them is five is six targets out of the 35 or 36 play uh you know uh pass plays they got six makes no sense and then you again tally up the running backs barkley had eight. Shepard had i'm sorry uh, booker had two and what was it the other running back so um so you're telling Penny. me yeah
0: it was, just, it was just those two guys i
1: think oh okay so you have eight nine ten ten targets for running backs but only six for your tight ends that are proving productive. Makes I don't get it. No sense. What is
0: that? The, but is that the play call or is that the quarterback doing it? I mean, no. Cause...
1: Some of this formation and play call is was obvious today. Now, again, they were trying and and before the game last week, I think it was Judge or Kitchen said we have to find creative ways to get Barkley a ball when he's not in the backfield. And I'm like, if that's your focus, you're completely wrong. Because Barkley needs to touch the ball from the backfield. He only rushed the ball 15 times today. And I keep saying you got to put that up around 20, right? Mm -hmm. You got to put that up around 20. So he needed five more rushes. He didn't need more receiving opportunities. And that also means that Galladay and Shepard, I mean, you saw you saw Barkley's frustration late in the game. He like ripped his helmet off, you know, when Parrott jumped off sides at one time. uh, Cause he's just like tired of the mistakes. He's tired of the play calling and it's frustrating. Like these offensive players are frustrated and it, to me, it's, it's a mixture of all like Mike Glennon is a terrible backup. He is an awful backup for the last two weeks. We've talked about how he makes the receivers work really hard to catch the ball. It's never an easy catch for them. It's never a catch and run situation, or it's rare if it is, okay? And then Barkley isn't getting the ball enough. Booker, who had a, a couple great runs outside, again, only rushed the ball eight times. And I'm, I'm the one calling, put in the six offensive linemen and run the ball more. Instead of 24 times, run the ball 34 times. You know, and they're like, well, you got to have movement. You got to have success running the ball. If you put the six offensive linemen in, you're going to be able to move more people by keeping him on the sideline and spreading people out. And again, they checked in three running backs a couple times today and then spread them out because they're trying to get Barkley on a safety and then throw him the ball. Makes no sense. When you have your full retromont of or at least five of your key players, skilled players, that can be spread out and be mismatches. Because Ingram on a safety is a mismatch. Rudolph on a safety and a linebacker has been proving to be a mismatch. You got Galladay and Slayton and Shepard. Like, if you can't win with those guys spread out five across and go run some routes, what are you doing? Okay? I don't get it. And this isn't a prolific offense that's putting up uh, you know, 45 points a game. So put the six offensive linemen in, put Penny in at, you know, fullback, and then let's go. Like, let's go.
0: All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. The first, Built Bar is going all out to make this holiday season the most delicious time of year with a winter wonderland of ADL, featuring amazing new flavors, such as the Built Cray Bars and their amazing puffs in ruby chocolate and lemon dip cheesecake. These and other flavors are available right now. And when you use our promo code LOCKED15, you will save 15% off your first order. So hop on to BuiltBar.com, put together your customized box from any of their nut and nut-free varieties and save 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. All right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show, but first, it is the most wonderful time of the year as college football gears up for bowl season, the NFL playoff race is taking shape, and the NBA and NHL are heating up. And no matter what sport you follow, Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head on down to their new updated desktop or mobile website at BetOnline.ag to sign up today for a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers BetOnline has to offer. Visit Betonline.ag today and get your 50% welcome bonus with the code locked on. I want to ask you about Jake Fromm because a lot of people, including us in the media, we were screaming. Let's see what Jake Fromm brings to the table. Can't be any worse than Mike Lennon. And I think they mentioned on the broadcast that Fromm knew 60% of the playbook, which, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, at that point, you're probably learning game plans as opposed to the intricacies of the playbook. So let me start off by asking you, what did you think of Jake Fromm and the limited snaps he got? Admittedly in garbage time, but still snaps. I'm
1: biased because I'm a Fromm fan. I like from when he came out last year. I thought was it Buffalo took him in the fifth round? I thought that was way too low. You know, I like him. I like what he does. when he was at Georgia. I like what he brought to the table. Great leadership. You saw the way he was barking out the calls. His cadence was messing with the, you know, Dallas's defense offensive line or defensive line. You know, because he he's a little bit louder. He's more confident. Um he threw some good balls today. He obviously threw some really good balls, made some connections. Doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. So, again, Freddie calling the outside number stuff. I know he's trying to milk the clock. It was late. They didn't have all their timeouts. But at the same time, it's like, if you're going to do that, roll from help him cut the distance down on the throw versus make him do it from the pocket, right? That all being said, I like what we saw from Fromm today. I've, I've always liked From. I, I think Fromm's a good young quarterback that, you know, is he going to displace Daniel Jones? No. Am I much more comfortable with Fromm as the backup than Gannon or Glennon? Heck yeah! So, um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of this kid. I think he's got a great future on. So he's smart. He's got a tenacity about him. You know, I don't. I think if he went to a warm weather team, being honest, or a dome team, Fromm could have a really good career. But when you're putting from where there's going to be a lot of wind and cold and snow and that with that arm of his, isn't being the strongest, I think that's going to limit his production and going. That's what I said when he got drafted in Buffalo, when I was on my draft show and they're talking about, I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that cold weather for him. And now that he's at the giants, again, I don't know about the cold weather for him with the wind, but if he ever found his way to like an Atlanta or, you know, out to California somewhere, or even down to Vegas, uh, the kid would probably have a pretty good career because um his skill that you saw the quick release coming out of the, the ball coming out of his hand, very decisive, very intelligent. I thought he made some really good reads today and he had moxie. He was just like, I'm going to throw it. I'm, I'm putting it in there, you know, so good things. If Daniel can't go next week, I really do hope they start from and let Glendon back him up and we see what we got.
0: Yeah, I think that will be the case. Now, judge was asked about that, and naturally he said, oh, we have to talk about it as a staff. I'm not sure what the heck they've got to talk about because I thought From passed the eye test. Wasn't perfect, but not bad, all things, because they're certainly, you know, putting the ball in a, in, in, within the receiver's uh, catch radius to where they didn't have to work as hard to get it or, or risk getting their heads, you know, taken off by, you know, by a, a defender coming at them. I mean, so that was encouraging. Um, and, and to me from look cool and calm operating the, the, the uh, huddle. So um, you're right. I don't think he displaces Daniel Jones. I, which by the way, speaking of Daniel Jones, I'd be shocked if he is back. I mean, at this point, does it really pay to put him out there? I mean, the season's gone. Your playoff chances are gone. Not that you really had, great playoff chances at all. you know. And Daniel just still doesn't know how to run and and slide. So I'm not sure I would put Daniel out there, even if he does get clearance. And I, I'd be surprised if he does. I mean, I don't know what you would do if he does get that green light. Would you put him out there? Or would you just say, you know what, let's just see what we've got with Fromm the rest of the way. And Daniel, we kind of know what, what we have in you. And we're going to get you a new offensive coordinator. So let's just, we'll see you next year. Learn how to slide. We'll see you next year.
1: Well, with Philadelphia, Chicago, and Washington at the end of the season here, I would put them back out there and try to, and again, if, if you got everybody, which it looks like they're going to have everybody playing still, right? You're going to have Barkley, Booker. You got the receivers. Let them get some real game reps together and give yourself something to build on for next year. Cause they haven't had really good chemistry or anything so far. It's just a struggle. Cause you got Freddie calling the plays and his personnel groupings. Like what kind of reps are they going to get? Like, I hear what you're saying about that, but I would rather, I mean, they haven't all been on the field enough this year. Barkley was hurt for a while. Daniel's been hurt for a while. Gallaudet was hurt for a while. Shepard was hurt for a while. Like if you can have them all for these last three games and say, Daniel gets a green light, I would let them play the last three games together just so you can honestly evaluate the whole team as we're playing together. You're going to know what play calling is. It's play calling, but let's see how they play together. Cause it's, it, I mean, out of the 14 games they played this year, they, they haven't all been on the field together for, but a couple of them. So, you know, a handful of them maybe, but other than that, I'd rather let, I'd rather evaluate them. And see, now you have to go to Philly. You have to go to Chicago, a couple cold games, obviously, then you're going to host Washington at the end of the year. So, <clears throat> Again, I would let them play if you got the green light just to put the, the team together and really look at them and see what we got. Um, but if if they don't, it wouldn't surprise me if they shut them down for the year be, because they, they are going to build around them. Like I wouldn't shut them down for the year if it's like, I don't know if I'm going to bring this kid back, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to keep him around here, <laughs> you know, if they're like, oh, I'm going to keep this kid around here. So I need to keep him healthy. OK, cool. Like, I get it. But. If it's a situation where you're questioning, bringing them back, put the team together, let them go play. That defense is playing so hard these last couple of games, you know, especially today, like let that offense mirror the defensive effort. Cause you can, you, these are all three winnable games here at the end of the year. And I know you're like, well, the playoffs are done. They are done. Absolutely. I mean, this team's on a three game slide and they've lost four of the last five games. So it's like, yeah, it's done. Right. But if you can, squeeze out two wins here at the end. It gives you a little bit of confidence coming in next year, no matter what happens in the offseason with coaches and players moving around, at least the team has a little confidence coming back next year.
0: Now, speaking of next year, obviously we've heard the reports Dave is probably going to retire, but we have also heard reports that John Mara likes Joe judge would like to maybe keep Joe judge. I look at this coaching staff and I see them going backwards. I see them regressing. I mean, the same problems every week with timeouts wasted, with play calls, getting in late, with just, you know, this decision-making, just all kinds of stuff that keeps going on and on and on that you would have thought by now would be final, would be finished. So you've been a GM for, in, in other leagues. Let me ask you this. Okay. (laughs) You get hired as let's say argument's sake. Okay. Let's, let's pretend here. The giants come to you say, Dave, say David, you're our guy, but we want you to try and make it work with Joe for a year. Okay. At least, you know, try for a year, see what happens. And then if he doesn't work out, you can, you have free reign to do whatever you want. Would you take that offer? Would you say, no, I want my own guy.
1: There's 32 general manager opportunities in the NFL. If they open up, if the heavens open up and God grace me with that job, I would say, yes, Mr. Mayor, I will do whatever you ask. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be me. And that's going to probably cause some friction around here. If you truly want me in your building, you're probably going to have an uncomfortable coach. And that's fine. Because sometimes people need to be uncomfortable to get the best out of them. And if that's okay with you, then let's do it, because I personally have no problem with Joe Judge coming into the season. I liked what I saw. Right. So as a person, as a man, I could I could work with Joe Judge. Okay, that's something that people don't understand. Like we're all adults. Right. I'm 46 years old. Joe's I think around my age or a little bit older. Joe's younger. I'm sorry, Joe. I don't even know if
0: he's 40 yet.
1: Okay, so again, I can I can work. I'm like Dave. I can work with a lot of people, right? I mean, obviously, it's my mentor. He taught me how to do that. But what I don't tolerate is lack of passion for the job. Okay, and there's three there's three things I live my life by. There's three core values. Integrity, intelligence, and passion. Okay. Now, if I don't think Joe has the intelligence to run the team, I'm going to say something. If I think if I'm questioning his passion to get the job done, I'm going to say something. And if I ever question somebody's integrity, they're gone, because I'm not tolerating that. That's that's the quickest way out the door. Is if I question your integrity, now with Joe, I don't question his integrity, and I don't question his is his desire to be well to do it right, do it right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do question his leadership. And sometimes if you challenge a man in, in ways or a woman or just a person, let me put it the other challenge, a person, um, their leadership will mature and come out. OK, and in my in, in my arena of life, I loved challenging people. And then like two years later going, man, now I realize why you did it that way, because you needed me to get better at this. I hated you at the point in time where I thought you were really a hole when you did it, but I got it years later. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like you got to push people sometimes and push their buttons. And <clears throat> one thing I would have done because I'm brazen is walk into the offensive meeting room back when they played Dallas the first time and said, if you run the quarterback on a designed quarterback run one more time, or even tell the quarterback, he's allowed to audible to a quarterback run. Okay. If you're coaching it, you're fired because there's only two things in life. You either accept, you allow it or you coach it, right? You're either allowing it to happen or you're coaching it to happen. And I'm telling you right now, you better not allow it to happen and you better not be coaching the quarterback runs. And secondly, I don't ever want to see three running backs on the field spread out in, the, in a pattern. You put three running backs on the field, let's run the ball up the middle, let's go. I'm all about it. You want to run some power? eye? You want to run some freaking, you know, wishbone? Let's go all day long. Pound a Brock. Let's get in it. Right. Let's be physical. Let's pound some people. But if you put them on the field and you spread them out when I'm paying all these other receivers and tight ends, a bunch of money to be spread out and you're not using them properly, then we're going to have a problem. And see, those are the kind of conversations I go and I challenge my coaches i challenge the people that are with me and some people like, oh don't treat them that way it's about challenging them having a very candid accountable conversation about i'm a football guy too i'm not just some numbers guy <clears throat> you know i'm not some guy who's over here punching i'm not an analytical guy it's not me right i'm a football guy i can tell you what's working what's not working just like we did at the beginning part of the show when we sat here and we looked at the targets we looked at uh, who's getting the ball. You tweeted out, you know, third quarter, the receivers are only getting targeted four times. We can see what's going on and what's not going on. So I'm going to challenge you to get better. Now, if Mr. Mara and Mr. Tish was like, yeah, I can handle that environment. Cool. Let's go. Right? But if they're like, well, I want you to be easy on Joe and just let Joe do his thing. And Joe really feels we've been dictating to him and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm probably not your general manager. Because I don't sit on my hands. I win. I got the rings to prove it. When I've been in charge, won three straight championships, right? It's you You. you have to come today every day to win. Win each day. You know, it's an old battle cry, right? Win the day. You got to win the day when you walk in the room every day. And then you walk out and you're good. You're better for the day. So, in the off season, is to catch your catch your breath. But yeah, I could work with Joe as long as he understood like Freddie Kitchens is not going to be the offensive coordinator. Not going to happen. Freddie's not going to be in the building. (laughs) Okay. And and uh, we're going to find a good offensive coordinator he wants to work with. Graham is going to learn how to play zero defense and rush the passer. Then we'll be good. And the special teams needs to get better, right? Mm -hmm. then let's go. And we got to figure out this offensive line coaching because I don't get it yet.
0: Too many cooks in the kitchen. I suspect, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. We don't get to watch a whole lot of the practice to see, you know, who's doing what, but you know, I've heard bits and pieces where Flaherty has been more involved of late and sales, you know, been working with this position, group, particular position group. I mean, speaking of which I thought, Will Hernandez, I mean, what has happened to that guy? He was awful today. I don't get it.
1: I, I think I, I haven't talked to Will, <clears throat> you know, I scouted him, mm-hmm. but I haven't watching him.
0: Progressed big time.
1: He's not. So Will's a tough guy. All yes. right. And, Will's the kind of guy you want to get into a barroom fight with, right? And cuz you know you're Absolutely. coming out. Absolutely. And today Will didn't look like he had that confidence. He hasn't actually looked like he's had that confidence for a couple of weeks now. Like he really looks like everybody's down on him, he's getting beat, he's getting beat and and he's not he's not punching his way out of this this paper bag right now. So for me, I really feel for Will cuz I I know him, right? Like I know him. And I really just think he needs his uncle to come to town because if his uncle comes to town and he plays like that, his uncle's going to get after him. His uncle will get after him. His uncle don't take that. And see, that's how well I know. Will. I know exactly who to bring to town (laughs) and say, Hey, why don't you come be a guest of mine? Come watch Will. Cause Will, if his uncle's in the stands, he ain't playing like that. He ain't playing like that because he knows when he comes off the field, he better be the toughest guy on that field or he's going to meet the toughest guy in the parking lot. And that's his uncle.
0: <laughs> oh, it's amazing what you have to do sometimes to motivate these guys. But anyway, my friend, we're just going to have to write out this string, see what, what the next few weeks bring, and then uh, we'll see what happens. You know, will Dave retire, which I, I think a lot of people believe will be the case? Will it be? abrams as i know was reported today by cbs sports which i hope is not true um i would like them to go outside the building but i can kind of What see I tell what... you
1: two weeks ago if it was dave it was going to be kevin because kevin they've been grooming kevin for this forever
0: yeah but you know what I, to me it's all coming from the same tree mm. and unless kevin's going to do stuff differently i mean radically differently because what they've been doing the last few years hasn't worked. And and here's the other thing, you know, a, a, and I thought about this. I'm like, I know Dave revamped the scouting department. He revamped the, the, the personnel and they, they brought in new people. They brought in analytics and all this stuff. I sure hope it's not a case of, okay, you know what, Dave's going to retire. So we just need his lieutenant to step up. Because, you know, no disrespect to Kevin, but he's been a part of the problem. That whole... Everybody, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And you're not going to sit there and tell me that Kevin's been exempt from, from the mess that has ensued here because I'm not going to buy it. And for me, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that if it is Kevin, you're going to see the fan base revolt and it's not going to be pretty. It's just, it's just not. I mean, I think if I'm the Mara and Tish family, I cast a wide net and I talked to different people from around the league it's guys who are currently employed guys who are not employed. And I just get it. I talk to a variety of people and I don't just automatically say, boom, Kevin, you're it.
1: Well, <clears throat> what did you just ask me if they had called me to take the job would I work with Joe, if you want to ensure somebody's going to work with Joe, you, you, you make sure Kevin gets the job because again, next at the end of next year, if you want to get rid of Joe and blow it all up, then you can blow it all up. But if you bring somebody in from the outside, okay, and you ask them to work with a coach and then, and then give them the ability to blow it up, you're looking at it elongating the process, in my opinion. When I've seen that happen, you elongate the process, okay? <clears throat> the New York Giants and New York Giants fans del- deserve a winning team next year. They do. As if they read my article I wrote for you right about position by position, I really just think this is a revamp of the offensive line, rework the cap on some positions, and and you know find a couple key contributors here and there through the draft, which they have plenty of ammo coming up with this draft, you know because they didn't take Micah Parsons with the fifth pick or whatever.
0: <laughs> Eleven.
1: Sorry, eleventh yeah. pick, where I was on the table jumping. Take Parsons. Take Parsons.
0: I remember.
1: He's still there. Take him. Um, but they didn't do that. But if they did, they would have him and Ojalari together with Roche and Carter and Williams. And yeah, it would have been really ridiculous. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I just think if they, if you want to keep the coaching staff, the easiest route to doing that is Kevin, because Kevin's going to be the foot soldier and say, yep, OK, let's do it. He's been waiting to be a GM forever. So let's do it. Uh, If you bring somebody in from the outside, it's going to be they might say yes, but they might not play well with him. And Kevin, I've been around Kevin since I was a young scout. Right. I mean, I was back there in the office 2003 and 2004. Kevin and I have had a relationship since then. He can work with anybody, his mannerisms, his patience, his ability to evaluate players and everything. I'm not saying he's exempt from what's been going on under Jerry and under Dave. And, you know, he was there even under Ernie. Right. But he's seen a lot of football and this is a man that's been patient. He's been diligent. He's been pragmatic, I mean, Kevin's ready to be a GM. He's got the credentials. So I wouldn't revolt and come up and, and be angry about it. I'd be, if you guys want to be upset as a fan base, you want to be upset about it. Okay, cool. Like, but let him give him the opportunity to prove that he can do the job. Again, my phone line's open. If they want to call, you know, one nine hundred stud call. Like, um, <laughs> you isn't know, that
0: one nine hundred winner? And isn't that a toll call?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, one for them, they can afford the toll. But, <laughs> but yeah, if you want, if you want championship brings brought in the building, let me know. But because I'll come, I'll do it. I'll you know whatever role they ask. Shoot, I clean toilets for that family. They know it. Um, because it's just a good it's a good place to be. It really is. This all being said, I'm long-winded. I wouldn't be upset if it was Kevin. If you cast a net around the league, there's a lot of good personnel people out there that can do the job right now. I think that market of who next man up is really flooded with really some good, good young talent and older talent that only got maybe one shot at it and deserves a second shot. You know, Ron Wolf went to the Jets, failed, and then he went to the green Bay Packers and build that team. Right. And you know, his legacy is his legacy is one of the greatest GMs that our, our league's ever seen. So there's a lot of one, one hit wonders that didn't get a second opportunity, which they should. And there's a lot of other people out there that are young guys ready to take the reins. It's, it's a, it's a flooded market right now that, you know, if there was more teams, you would see more opportunity, but there's not, I don't, I'm not scared if it's Kevin at all. Cause I think that keeps, what they what the mayors and tishes want to do down they want to keep Joe Judge cool Kevin cool let's go as long as they're on the same page and they can work together but you know again I'm not I'm not one to see Dave go yet. You know that's just not me. I think if I think if Dave did this one more year and fixed the O line and then walked away knowing the team was ready to to run and he got it just like what ernie did you know ernie had that team ready to run and then he walked away and i asked him i'm like why'd you do that he's like because i knew they were ready and jerry was the right person to you know guide the team right now and he's like i was just done the games were too much on me like i get it and i think dave would want to do the same thing is fix that o-line and put this team together and then walk away because he left it better than he, he got it you know even if he walks away now he's still leaving it better than what he got it in mm,
0: i don't know about that but anyway
1: <laughs> we could we could we could go around I on know
0: that. I I know i mean you know I, at the end of the day you look at the record and you can't really say you know and and the fact that the o line is still kind of a mess i mean he the d line is better yes the defense was fixed. I'll, I'll, that yes, but, you know, still issues with the offense. But I, 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 again, I don't know. Is it coaching? Is it personnel? But anyway, we'll find out in an, about three weeks time, whether Dave does walk away um, or if he, you know, maybe everybody surprises us and they say, okay, you know what, Dave, we're going to give you one more year. Cause I mean, if it were me, my preference, they, and I, and I said this after Coughlin left, just start over, From scratch, new GM, new head coach, new quarterback, new everything. Start from scratch and put everybody on the same timeline. But they don't, you know, who listens to me? I'm just, but again, what you
1: just said like, if they're going to keep the coach and the quarterback, keep the GM one more year. And then next year, if it doesn't work out, like you said, blow it all up. You're not getting rid of the quarterback, in my opinion. Daniel Jones is the quarterback next year. Oh,
0: yeah, as long as Joe is the the coach. Joe loves Daniel. That's what I'm saying.
1: So if you're going to keep those two pieces of the puzzle, you, it, it makes sense to let the architect stay on board and fix the one problem, which is the O-line.
0: Well, right now, only John Mayer and Steve Tisch know what they're thinking. If they've even given this some thought just yet, they, they're obviously not going to sit down and, and, and make decisions, I guess, until the season comes to an end. But I'm sure they have some thoughts about, what direction they're headed in. And I know the fan base certainly does and they're, they're frustrated. I mean, and I get it. I mean, look, after a while, it's like the losing wears on you. So I totally get it. But, um, listen, you know, breaking this stuff down and just, it's kind of therapeutic for me. I hope it's therapeutic for the listeners out there and the viewers and, um, We'll see what the rest of the season brings, you know, if nothing else. Hopefully it brings two nice high draft picks in the top five. That would be really super cool if that were to happen. So we'll see how next week rolls. Um, so that'll do it for us here on the Monday edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Don't forget, we have Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. So you guys and gals know the drill. Where to send the questions. It's in the show notes, Locked on Giants podcast at gmail.com. And we'll just keep rolling right along with the usual coverage all week. So again, thank you for making us your first listen or first watch of the day. And we will catch you tomorrow.